we are live. Welcome everyone to Connected Learning TV. This is the third and final webinar of our February 2016 three-part series, which is titled From Heroes to Villains or Back Again, setting off creative sparks for young makers with a Wattpad DeviantArt twist space challenge. Uh, and this was a special series that was organized by Wattpad and DeviantArt uh, in collaboration with the Connected Learning Alliance, uh, the Young Adult Library Services Association, or YALSA for short, and the National Writing Project, who sponsors this webinar. Uh, so this webinar is part of, uh, you know, this broader uh, project, collaborative project that we have, uh, which we are launching uh, in March. Uh, it's a month-long challenge for young people aged 13 to 17 that will kick off during YALSA's Teen Tech Week on March 6th. Uh, and it will be uh, hosted by the two platforms, Wattpad and DeviantArt, which uh, specialize in communities of writers and artists, respectively. And last week in the webinar, if you missed it, uh, we had folks from Wattpad describing how the Wattpad community works, and we had a young writer who was very active on Wattpad, uh, as well as one of uh, their community organizers talking about some of the dynamics on that platform. And this week, we're very happy to have our, as our guests uh, two of the team members from DeviantArt to talk about the uh, DeviantArt platform that caters to visual artists. So during the challenge month, young people will uh, have the option to pick a story or a character and create an alternate scenario where a hero turns into a villain or uh, a villain turns into a hero and they can work in any of their favorite modes and mediums, whether that's pictures, the written word, comics, illustrations, and so on. And we're super excited because we have a really great panel of uh, editors uh, who will be picking the final selections, which will be published in a book uh, that will be available online and will be distributed to libraries all over the country uh, through our partnership with YALSA. And in order to make these final selections and curate the book, we have uh, uh, on board Lauren Kate, who's a best-selling young adult uh, writer. We have Brian Kessinger, who's a uh, very celebrated anim animator at uh, Disney. Uh, we have Sarah Ryan, who's a novelist, a comics writer, and a librarian as well. And we have Antero Garcia, who's a literacy specialist and a professor at Colorado State University. So really great uh, panel of editor judges who uh, represent the various communities that uh, I think we would love to have on the table. And we hope that uh, this webinar series will encourage uh, more educators uh, to get involved, to explore these platforms, to uh, bring young people to these new forms of sharing that they might not already be exposed to uh, in order to fuel their passion in the creative arts. So that's an overview of the webinar series and the challenge behind it. I'm your host for the next hour, Mimi Ito. Uh, I am the research director of the Digital Media and Learning Hub. and also uh, one of the co-founders of the Connected Learning Alliance. And today we have with us uh, two folks from DeviantArt, uh, Advisor-in-Chief Josh Waddles and uh, Marketing Manager Maddie Wojak uh, to talk about the DeviantArt community. So before we dive into the conversation, I wanted to go over a quick, a couple of quick logistical details. Uh, so if you're watching live right now, we would really welcome your engagement, your comments and questions through either the Twitter hashtag, uh, hashtag connected learning, one word, 
or hashtag twist fate, which is going to be our hashtag for the challenge. Uh, you can also use the Q&A feature that you should be able to see within the video player. And I'll do my very best to uh, address your questions, uh, pose them to our guests here in the Google Hangout. Uh, this webinar is uh, also being co-streamed at the National Writing Project's EducatorInnovator.org. So, uh, before we get into the substance, I'd love to give uh, Maddie and Josh an opportunity to introduce yourself. Hi, so my name is Maddie, and like Mimi said, I am a marketing manager here at DeviantArt, and I spend my days working very closely with the community and have helped manage contests in the past, and so I'm really excited to work on this new challenge that we're doing with you guys. And uh, I'm Josh Waddles, and I'm advisor-in-chief at DeviantArt, um, and extremely excited to be working with this group of people. Uh, this is really a very exciting integration for us. Really looking forward to seeing uh, what comes uh, from it, uh, particularly the submissions. Those are always really exciting to look at. Um, they just really bubble up with uh, creativity and excitement and expression and all those great things. So uh, I'm going to pass it back to Maddie uh, <laughs> because she is infinitely more expert at weaving her way through the web, and she will give you a demo of what DeviantArt is, what it looks like, how people join. Uh, and uh, pretty much make you familiar with the website uh, in the event that you aren't. Great. So for those of you who don't know, DeviantArt is um, it's a website that's made primarily for artists and art enthusiasts. We do also have a literature community on the site, and we are the world's largest online art gallery. Um, we were founded in the year 2000, and so we've been around for over 15 years now, and we've grown considerably. We have over 38 million registered members and 65 million monthly unique visitors. Um, on our site, we do get over 2 million comments per day, as well as 150 submissions of artwork. So it's a really vibrant, thriving community. Um, in terms of our younger audience, DeviantArt is the number one social network, ranked for 13 to 24 year olds, according to Comscore. So while other social networks, um, the median age is going up, ours is staying pretty young. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a tour of what a profile page looks like on DeviantArt. So here is a profile page of one of our users. Um, this is Sao Shin. Um, his real name is Eric Proctor, and he is actually the artist that created the key art for the Twist Fate Challenge. So you can see here on the top left-hand side, it has his username and um, his role on the site, as well as his real name and where he's from. And you can have all the information there. You're also welcome to leave it out when you make your profile page. You can just make it whatever you'd like. On this page, you can see on the left-hand side, it has some of his artwork, and then on the right-hand side, it has a journal that he's written, um, featuring some of his other favorite pieces of art from across the site. So you can just kind of see how he's customized his page to make it fit his um, uses for DeviantArt. And as you scroll down, on the right-hand side here is where it has his information, his little About Me section. So it has a little self-portrait that he's drawn of himself as well as some information about him, how he is a professional digital artist. And he includes some FAQ, but this is an area where you can write anything that you'd like about yourself. And yeah, so this is what a general page looks like on DeviantArt. This is what a profile page looks like. From there, we also have a gallery. Each artist does get their own gallery page. So this is all of his featured artwork that he's chosen to show. 
And on the left-hand side, there are somewhat like mini gallery folders where you can choose to make sub-galleries. So for instance, this artist has a grumpy Disney set where this particular gallery is just that. So in the case that you want to show off just your illustrations or just your writing, even if you do submit both, that is the place that you can use to do it. They also have um, a favorite section on all artists where you can actually collect your favorite artwork from across the site, and you can sort that into categories as well. So you can see this artist submitted or has a collection of his favorite features and articles and has, um, in general, some of his favorite pieces. And this is just where you can share your favorite artwork to your followers as well. So now I'm going to go ahead and show you how you could make your own profile on DeviantArt. So I'm going to log out of my profile. <laughs> So when you go to DeviantArt, this is what it will look like. And you can go ahead and click in the top right-hand corner. There's join or, or login. So if you don't have an account yet, go ahead and just choose a username. We'll just do a fake one for now. And so you can see that username is available. And you just choose your email and enter all of your information here and the password. And then choose your birthday. It's really important for you to put your birthday in because we do not allow any users who are under the age of 13. So you do have to be 13 in order to join the site. And with that, once you fill out this information, you click Become a Deviant. And your profile will be live. So when you go to your profile for the first time after creating your profile, um, you'll be prompted to enter some of your information. So both artists and art appreciators are welcome on DeviantArt, and they can both find things for them. And so that is the reason why the I'm an artist little check mark is here. And from there, you can also select if you're a student, a hobbyist, or a professional, and then also what your specialty is. So if you do more photography or arts and crafts or digital art, whatever you do, it's completely welcome here. And it's really important to fill this stuff out just because that way you can find people who have similar um, interests as you and you can know what type of artist you're talking to. So if you're a student, you'll be able to find great tutorials. If you're a professional, you'll be able to meet other professionals, also potentially sell your work. Go ahead and enter in. So this is my bio. Here you have the chance to upload a profile picture and an avatar. So you can choose an image, use, gosh. So for now, I'm just going to go ahead and use one of the DeviantArt logo that we have made for this specific occasion. And then the third area, you're actually able to include your interests. So you can include your favorite visual artists, movies, TV shows, all of that, once again, so that way you can find other artists who have similar interests as you. Because if you want to sign up and draw Harry Potter fan art, then you can see other people who are also interested in Harry Potter. And it's kind of a fun way to connect and share. So once you finish this, you can go back to your profile. And now this little area here is filled out, which is great. Cool. And then I'm also going to show you how to submit a piece of art. So right at the top here, there's a button that says submit. But I have to 
I'm going to verify my email real quick so that way I can go ahead and submit a piece of art and show you how that works. So when you sign up, you'll get an email from DeviantArt that has just a please verify your email address. Just to make sure you're a real person, not a spammer. <laughs> Perfect. And so now that I'm verified, I can go ahead and submit a piece of artwork. And so when you click the submit button, you'll be taken to the submit page. And you can choose a file to upload. And so if you have a piece of digital art or a digital file of your artwork, this is where you can upload it. So for instance, we can just go ahead and choose the same file as before. And here you just have to agree that you are the person, <laughs> this is your stuff that you're uploading. So you can click, I agree. And you'll upload. Here you can, you have to say whether or not it contains mature content and then um, you can choose the display option, so how large you want it to display on the site. Here you can go ahead and title it, so I'm gonna title it Deviant Art Logo. And you can also choose to enter a description. This is the spot where you can really talk about what, why you decided to draw this piece of art, what it means, um, how you did it is also a great place to talk about that, and just whatever you want, if it's um, that's your, your place to explain everything you want about that piece of art. We also have a tagging area, so if you wanted to tag this as DeviantArt logo, that's where you can do that. Um, there are tag pages for each of these things that we put in. And then from here, you get to choose the category. So we have a very thorough category tree here, and you can see there's a lot of options. And it's made so that way, no matter what type of piece of art or literature that you do create, you'll be able to find a spot for it, and it will be alongside other pieces of art that are similar. So if you create a digital art portrait of a friend of yours, there's a great place to put it. Here, or when we actually have the Twist Fate Challenge, it will be listed under Contest, and you'll be able to see the 2016 contest, and Twist Fate will be available here. Since the contest has not opened up yet, um, it's not there. But if you're trying to find it and you're a little confused, you can also search the categories. So you can search Twist Fate when that opens. If you want to search 2016 right now because that's something that is up, you can see Contest 2016. You'll be able to select it. In this case, we're going to go ahead and do a design and interface one for logos. And you can see by searching design and logo, I can see this is highlighted here. And so I can select that category. This will tell you exactly where it's being submitted. So right now you can see that it's being submitted to the featured section of my gallery. If I was to create those other subcategories um, in my gallery, as I showed earlier, then that's also where those would show up. And here you can allow comments. And then if you're one of our core members, you can also request critiques, which are kind of really in-depth comments that go into the technical side of how you created your artwork and that other users can that other users can show you. <laughs> so from there, you just hit submit now, and your artwork will become live. So here we go. Now this piece of artwork is live. Cool. And so this is what the deviation page looks like. So whenever you look at a piece of artwork, this is what the page will look like. All comments will show up underneath, and you'll be able to 
read them and other users who visit your page will also be able to read comments that have been left. So if we go to the home page on DeviantArt, we can see some popular pieces of art. So for instance, here's a picture of a dragon that's currently on our What's Hot page. And you can see a description that's been written by the artist, as well as some pieces that are more from that artist on the right-hand side. And as you scroll down, you can see all of the comments that users have left on it and how they've interacted with it. And sometimes, like as you can see here, the original artist um, responded to one of the comments that she liked. So yeah, that's what the deviation page looks like. And it's just really simple to leave a comment. You can just type in the field right here, whatever you'd like or whatever you feel about it, and hit submit. And that is how you do that. Um, in terms of favoriting, there's a little button on the right-hand side of the page that says Add to Favorites, and that will add it to your general favorites collection. If you do want to create a collection, like what I showed earlier, so for instance, if you wanted to make a collection of dragons, you can make a new collection here and add it, and it will automatically add it to that collection. And then in the future, when you go to a different picture of a dragon, you can, that option will be there, and you can hit it, and now you have two pieces of art in that collection. So when you are, yeah, so when you do decide to add that to your collection, the artist will get a notification in their message center, which is where all of our notifications appear, that say that they have received a favorite on that piece of artwork, and they can see who it is, so they can go and thank the artist for favoriting their piece. And now you can see here, this is the new collection that we just created of Dragon artwork. So going back to the home page, this is just one of the home pages we have. Um, it's usually just a feed of the new art, or of artwork that's on the site. We have a couple different ways that you can sort it on the left-hand side. So if you want to see the art that is the most popular art of all time on DeviantArt, you can choose popular all time. We also have popular 24 hours, which is the most popular pieces that have been submitted within the past 24 hours. We have daily deviations, which are daily awards that are given, and undiscovered, which is high quality artwork that hasn't received a ton of comments and favorites and stuff. And then we have what's hot, which is trending, and then newest. And so for newest, you'll see every single piece of artwork as it's being submitted live. So now that we submitted a piece of artwork to the site, you might want to say, hey, where can I see it? Like, where does it live? So first, if you click on your gallery, you can see here, that is the first place where you can find it. So here it is in the gallery. It's the first piece because it's the only piece that we've submitted so far. And it will take you back to the deviation page. There's also, you can see the category that we submitted it to. If you click on that, it will take you to all the pieces that are in that category. And then by clicking newest for that category, you'll be able to see that ours was the newest piece on this. So that's how other users will be able to find your um, artwork while browsing the site itself. And as it gets more comments and favorites, and as you get more watchers, you can start to get uh, more traction on your artwork. So we have um, when you find an artist that you really do like on DeviantArt, you can choose to watch them. So Going back to the artist with the dragons that we just had a moment ago, Sandara. If you really like her artwork, you can choose to watch the artist. And what that means is that whenever a piece of, or whenever they upload a new deviation or post a new journal or something like that, it will actually be sent to you. So that way you can follow all of that along. So yeah.
Um, that's a pretty basic understanding of a website. Um, there will be a specific category for the contest that you'll be able to go through. I can show you a previous one that we've had so you can kind of get a feel for it. So we actually just had a Halo contest um, in December. And so here are the, this is what a contest category looks like. So for instance, since this is a Halo 5 contest, you can see all of this is Halo 5 fan art that fits the contest. So it'll sh when you submit your artwork, it'll show up alongside all of this. Yeah, I hope that gave you guys a good example of how DeviantArt can be used, and especially in terms of this contest and how to promote your artwork on it. <laughs> Thanks so much, Maddie. That was so helpful. I have to confess, I have never set up a profile myself on DeviantArt, so that was very informative. And it's interesting to me just looking at all the details of how DeviantArt has set up profiles and have all these curatorial functions and critique and comment type functions. Um, <clears throat> you know, one thing that I have done is, you know, my day job is I hang out with kids on the internet and their online affinity networks. And we've really found that there's a really big difference between platforms that reward uh, achievement and behavior and status based on uh, accompli accomplishments, whether that's creative work or you know, gaming prowess, uh, and platforms that are much more maximized towards social status and popularity, which, you know, Facebook is probably the penultimate. And young people really differentiate their identities and how they engage based on a lot of um, not just the platform features, but the culture of the site. So, you know, I think, you know, just looking at some of the details of the interface and the categories, and it's really very informative of why DeviantArt has managed to amass such a massive creative community and is one of the most long-standing platforms, um, you know, from the early days of social media and social networks. So, you know, things like the ability to sort of curate and highlight in particular ways and also, like, the critique piece you showed was quite interesting, like, where you can have that kind of detailed technical discussion. I mean, those things are incredibly important, I think, in creating an environment where young people are really being rewarded for their expertise and learning and uh, thoughtful commentary to one another. So thank you. That I think it was really, really good to see concretely how some of that works. Um, so I'm curious, though, you know, what either Josh or Maddie, you know, I mean, DeviantArt is not only massive, but um, Josh, I think you've described to me how the session length is really, really long, too. Like, the engagement is very deep, too. What, what's the secret to that? What, what drives um, young people's engagement with DA, do you think? Well, I think the core um, component of engagement with DeviantArt uh, is that you're interested either on a temporary basis or on a permanent basis of feeding your visual dominance, your sense of need to look at visual content. And DeviantArt really uh, provides you with a pretty much never-ending stream uh, of, of browsing through all kinds of different visual stimulus uh, uh, from all different types of uh, visual expression uh, and pretty much all subject matters uh, that, that would uh, uh, be susceptible to visual description. So 
so I think that's sort of the initial thing. And so if you have a young person who's visually dominant uh, in their in in the way in which they uh, receive information, um, you know, ten will get you twenty that they're going to find their way to deviant art through their peer group very very quickly. Um, and it'll also very likely be the case that when they get there, it'll be like a cool glass of water. Um, and, and they'll find their way to a similar peer group, a similar peer group on, on all kinds of different levels. So it won't be a singular peer group. Uh, it, you know, and that's the part of the Internet that is so extraordinarily fascinating and that I don't think uh, we have yet been able to clearly absorb sociologically or uh, or from an educational point of view, is this notion of niche aggregation and the way in which the Internet allows you to aggregate niches that before we never really dealt with, uh, we never really thought about, because in a given institution, you wouldn't be able to aggregate sufficient people uh, to watch them necessarily interact at scale. And so with the Internet, you know, we're a worldwide site. Only 40% of our users are U.S., um, and uh, and so you know we're genuinely worldwide, uh, and you're able to aggregate very very uh, narrow niche interests uh, at a scale that permits them to actually interact and have things to do and spend time doing, right? So it's not just having a conversation with the one person you found who really loves Star Wars. So <laughs> uh, it's a you know so what happens is on DeviantArt is that I'm interested in uh, crayons today, and so I'm going to find people who do crayon work. I'm interested in uh, My Little Pony, so I'm going to go find people who are interested in My Little Pony, but not necessarily with crayons. And you know, and you can just sort of keep on going from there, and you will be able to find these people. And how do you find them? Through the visual prompt of the content that they posted to DeviantArt. It'll be fairly obvious to you. Um, we have all kinds of different different ways that people can message each other privately and publicly. Um, so, you know, the shy, introverted person uh, can also interact, but not in an open and public way if they choose to. Uh, and then the site just has a vibe. It just has a, uh, since inception, a sense of people helping each other uh, and people assisting each other to either find their interests or to express them. Uh, there's an enormous, I mean, tradition, I guess is what you would say now on the website, uh, of people reaching out and helping each other. So, for example, if you're interested in crayons, that doesn't necessarily mean you're only going to be hanging out with people who are 14 years old. It may turn out that a Brian Kessinger, who's, you know, going to be one of the editors here, uh, who's active on DeviantArt, uh, is in the story department for Pixar Disney, uh, is also one of their lead animators. Uh, may come across your work, or you can go to his page and ask him a question, and he'll be happy to answer it. Uh, maybe he'll be busy for a week. Maybe a week later you'll get an answer. Uh, but um, but so your interaction is at multiple tiers of, of of activity, and you you can pretty much be in charge and select what those tiers are. Uh, it's a lot different than a Facebook type environment where you need to be friended and friend people and blah 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 and all this other stuff that you need to go through. On DeviantArt, it's fairly direct. I see something that interests me. What I'm seeing and looking at is telling me that I should be interacting with the person who's responsible for that piece, uh, and here's a way for me to directly communicate with them, uh, either privately or publicly. 
Uh, and so, you know, that sets up a resonance and a behavior. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's really terrific. And it, it's terrific for someone who's 14. It's terrific for someone who's 68 uh, and has just decided that, you know, they're going to come out of their shell and, you know, they want to show their wildflower pictures. Um, and they're going to find lots of people who do wildflower pictures. And uh, before they know it, they'll have a friend in Turkey who takes pictures of wildflowers they've never seen before. Um, you know, and that'll substantially expand the way in which they express themselves and substantially expand the scope of their experience within uh, the world that they're, uh, they're, they're reaching. So, you know, that, this happens for young people and it happens for other people. It's, you know, and all of that is going on within the system organically at the same time. So with these contests or integrations, we, you know, try to direct people to specific things. Uh, and we try to get people to uh, participate with a specific theme. Uh, but when they participate, and what's particularly exciting about this one, uh, is they can participate in whatever medium, in whatever form in which they feel that they would like to participate. Um, that's really exciting, too. Now you've got someone who's incredibly good with digital art submitting a digital art piece, someone who's really good with literature submitting a story, someone who's you know, really good uh, uh, doing uh, line drawing, uh, submitting a drawing. Um, and the best part is, is you've got people who are not good at those things. <laughs> um, and, um, and they're just as capable and competent to submit. That's the other sort of secret sauce of DeviantArt is you can be a terrible artist, really, a dreadful starting artist, a, the worst photographer in the universe, and post your stuff on DeviantArt. And first of all, very few people will call you out on it, you know, unless you are a braggart and suggest that your terrible photograph is actually a good one. Uh, but, um, uh, but more importantly, you will find other terrible photographers. Um, and you will evolve with those terrible photographers to become better photographers, just naturally. You will naturally move yourselves to a different tier of function with that particular method of expression. Uh, and as you move in your function, you will find more people or other people uh, who are at that level as well. Uh, so, you know, that's just a really great thing. And then, you know, on DeviantArt we have, I think I mentioned this in my last, you know, uh, performance on your behalf, Mimi. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, 750,000, 1,500,000, who knows how many tutorials uh, and resources on the site in every single genre of visual art. Um, and it could be a simple page that's an infographic on how to draw ahead. Um, it could be a extensively long uh, PDF uh, on how to uh, execute a battle scene. Um, you know, it, it could be in many, many forms. But the point is, is that that's how people learn. That's how people teach each other, and it's done in a peer-to-peer uh, -peer, uh, teaching uh, uh, environment. Uh, there's no sort of top-down instruction. Um, in fact, there's no top-down instruction. And would that we had the resources to have organized the instructions so that you could access it in an organized and indexed fashion, but we don't have that either. But the result is, is people organically receive the kind of instruction that they go out to find. 
Um, and that's actually kind of an exciting process to watch as well. And you'll see this in the contest entries. People will refine their entry over and over and over again on the basis of feedback that they get or just on the basis of looking at what other people are doing and picking up on it and noticing that there are ways that they could improve their own work. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's pretty much the way the place works. Thanks so much, Jester. I was just tweeting that latest <laughs> uh, insight for you about how, from you about how, you know, the community has organically generated open online learning resources. I mean, we think of open online learning and MOOCs and something that's generated by uh, educator communities. Um, you know, we talk about them all the time, but what I find amazing about these high-functioning affinity networks is that, you know, the participants themselves are generating so much of this material and there's this organic helping and mentorship that happens which I think you're right Josh it's it's tradition and culture now at DA I mean I'm sure it took some doing to get that set up but um, you know now it's a, a set of community norms and expectations and I love how you know I think Josh you basically described you know the core kind of learning tenants about around connected learning and what we've you know been trying to uh, promote and encourage educators to tap into in the in terms of the learning dynamics in um, these networked affinity based groups and that you know we interview kids over and over and they describe you know that what you're describing as the aggregation of niches that moment when they find their people you know that sense of connection and the fact that it it's not um, that they find not only their people in terms of like a specific interest but also their level and in terms of learning so they can be aspiring to people just ahead of them or people who are peers uh, and that sets up this uh, dynamic of sharing and feedback and co-evolution and achievement that I think you described really well which is such a hallmark of an uh, online community that is really uh, driven towards learning and so it's um, it's really uh, gratifying actually to see uh, how that has been you know very intentionally nurtured within the context of DA. Um, I'm curious, just uh, you know, in like Josh, you were describing sort of those elements of how you know of that sense of openness that people can reach out to other people and that. Uh, artists are generally helpful to one another. Is that something that, um, you know, Maddie, you may have some thoughts on this too. Is that something that you have to explicitly nurture and engineer? Is it something that has just arisen or organically over time? Um, is it just a characteristic of the population or some combination of the above? Well, I think uh, at the professional artist level, of which we have quite a few, um, uh, based on my interactions with them. Uh, there's really a type of uh, professional artist who wants to be on DeviantArt uh, and many types of professional artists who do not want to be on DeviantArt. So uh, the type of artist who wants to be on DeviantArt is sort of pre-filtered as an individual who is interested in feedback from every single level of competency within the audience. Um, 
you know, we once spoke with this uh, fellow who we had no idea was on DeviantArt for years and years and years because he was on DeviantArt anonymously, uh, and he turned out to be the guy who's head of all animation for DreamWorks now. And, uh, and you know, he's a very important guy in the business. And we asked him, uh, you know, what, did, what have you been doing on DeviantArt and why are you there? <laughs> and, uh, you know, because it might be helpful to us if we knew. Uh, and he said, well, uh, he actually developed his characters on DeviantArt. And the reason he was on DeviantArt was because, first of all, in terms of niche aggregation, it had more people who drew, who actually draw, than any other place on the on the internet, and that's hard to find. Lots of people who draw, right? So that was one reason he was there. Second was was that he actually needed help every once in a while, and DeviantArt was the perfect place to go find help. Uh, and he started on DeviantArt uh, as a way to relax at the end of the day. He described to us that he spent the entire day drawing eyelashes. Uh, for a particular character, and uh, and that he would lose his mojo from that. And so what he would do, and he assigned it to all of the animators who worked for him, uh, was go to DeviantArt and spend half an hour on DeviantArt uh, to reinvest yourself with visual content from all kinds of different uh, areas of, of interest. Uh, except that in his case, it would go on for two to three hours in the evening. Uh, he could never limit himself to half an hour. He'd just sort of keep on going. So, um, you know, he then started asking people in the community to help him with his own characters. I mean, he had a problem drawing thighs, uh, he told us. And so it turned out it was a 16-year-old girl who showed him the right way to do it. Uh, you know, not someone who went to RISD, uh, not someone who had formal training at the Academy of Art. Um, you know, somebody who was 16 years old could show him, look, if you just keep doing it this way, it'll work out for you. Um, and that was a very, very satisfying experience for him. So, uh, you know, it, it, there is a type of artist who will in, interact. There is another type of artist who, because of the formation of the, what I refer to as the first world of art, uh, and we're sort of an alternate uh, uh, sort of... Uh, uh, channel than uh, from the first world of art, you know, meaning that you end up in a major gallery with major gallery representation. You're go you go through a filtration system of exclusivity in that system. Uh, you know, to get shown in a gallery, to get shown in a museum, to have your stuff included in an important collector's collection, all of that is about exclusivity behavior. Uh, all of that is about creating a rarefied sense of presence. Um, none of that actually works online. You put something online and, you know, you're automatically showing it to the entire world. Uh, and the first world of art is still very nervous about being online uh, because they work on an exclusivity pattern. Um, so, um, you know, there are artists who don't participate. So it's almost like, A, we're on the Internet, to answer your question, and there's only a certain type of person who is willing to behave on the internet, you know, and interact on the internet, and B, you know, we really uh, uh, will produce a situation where you're going to be interacting fairly intimately with your audience, and so there's certain types of artists who want that, and other types of artists who really can't handle that distraction, or they don't want that kind of feedback, or they don't want that critique, whatever, you know, their particular method is. 
uh, not all authors want to be writing online and publishing their you know uh, chapters as they finish them. Um, you know they you know they want to wait, they want to think, they want to spend you know three hours in Maine in a cabin sitting on top of the manuscript. Um, you know they're not you're not going to find them online chatting or seeking feedback. Um, you know that type of person, and so we're in the arts, and so we deal with all kinds of different people, except. There's a natural filter to DeviantArt of people who do want to interact and people who do want to exchange. Uh, and so we benefit from that. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. So it's like DeviantArt is, by its very structure and culture, already broadcasting this more populist ethos, which, I mean, for young artists or new artists, it's a particularly kind of rich opportunity space, I think, because I mean, that's why the internet has really transformed, I think, how young people can pursue creative and niche interests because there are environments now like DeviantArt where you can actually have a intergenerational, multi-skilled community interacting with each other in real time. And so you're saying that, that the um, you know, more professional and accomplished artists are, uh, they're, compared to the broader art world, they're going to skew towards people who may have an openness to interacting with a high school kid or, you know, getting feedback online. And, yeah, I, I think that is a really different opportunity space for young people uh, who have creative interests. Um, I was hoping uh, along these lines if, you know, you have, I, I think the stories you're sharing, Josh, are really just helpful illustrations of, the kinds of interactions and value people get from interacting on DeviantArt. And I think it's um, given you some really unique insights into the role of visual arts and young people's learning and development and social development. And I was hoping you could speak to that a little bit and maybe also just in terms of, you know, if you have any stories or examples of how um, young people have developed and curated their identity online either you know in terms of you know some kind of public or professional outcome or educational outcome um, I, it'd just be really interesting to hear a bit about that uh, sure um, and, and maybe Maddie can jump in uh, with with a couple of uh, examples um, uh, yeah, there there are very moving emotional stories on this particular topic that uh, that you've asked a question on, and and one of them uh, involved our CEO Angelo Satira uh, went on a world tour a number of years ago, and he stopped in uh, uh, a number of cities, I think 16 cities, uh, where we knew we had uh, a large uh, group of users, and one of those places he went to was Singapore, and in Singapore. Um, he was, uh, what we would do is announce that he was going to be there 24 hours in advance, pick a public place for everybody to aggregate, and then Angelo and our head of marketing, uh, uh, Heidi, uh, would just sort of show up, just the two of them, uh, and hang out with people. And these things would start, you know, maybe around noon, and the last uh, people would probably leave wherever they ended up being uh, to three o'clock in the morning. Um, and uh, But they would start with, in Singapore, probably around 250, 300 people showed up. 
and uh, and Angela got up and gave a little talk and you know mulled around and stuff and there was a young woman and her mother uh, who were on the edges and never really came forward and as things sort of uh, weeded out a little bit and there were fewer people the woman approached uh, Angela with his daughter now what was remarkable about this was that this was during school time uh, in in Singapore schooling uh, for for kids in Singapore is very important you don't play hooky um, and uh, actually in Singapore if you're found on the street as a young person during school hours the police will probably ask you what the heck are you doing there so uh, it's a fairly regulated uh, uh, culture there so uh, here's this woman with her kid and she comes up to Angelo and she says to Angelo you know uh, I just need to tell you and thank you so much for letting me talk to my daughter and apparently she was deeply estranged from her daughter um, the daughter was doing very very badly in her schooling uh, which was a, a very difficult thing for the family to deal with because uh, performance in school is so important culturally uh, and she was just doing dreadfully uh, and one day the mother walked by the daughter on the home computer and noticed the daughter was on a page with a whole bunch of pictures and asked her about it and the daughter finally presented her gallery on DeviantArt uh, and the work that she had been doing and the mother just couldn't believe that the daughter was that accomplished in that work um, and the daughter had sold a couple of pieces um, so you know had done commissions uh, which is what happens on DeviantArt somebody finds your work they see what you do and they send you a note and they say I'd like to commission something sometimes it's for no money and just for fun sometimes it's for 25 cents and sometimes it's a genuine publication that's looking to commission you and use your art for illustrating a story or whatever else it is they need artwork for so uh, this young woman already had some success um, and this woman just started crying about how without DeviantArt her daughter never would have had a place to present herself, never would have been able to develop those skills because the family never would have permitted her to go into art, uh, was able to prove herself as having those skills, validate them, uh, and then have the family accept them. I mean, you know, that's just like a perfect story, obviously. Uh, but, um, uh, but elements of that are going on all the time. So discovery of talent on DeviantArt is something that we don't even track so you know we uh, it, and we don't promote we're not you know particularly you know marketing whiz bangers you know we don't go out and get a press release every time someone you know gets an illustration gig I mean because it's happening all the time constantly at every tier uh, uh, but we know that that's in fact what happens um, also in terms of development of deciding to go into a career in the arts obviously that um, just sort of anecdotally Marvel doesn't hire people unless they've been on DeviantArt and one of the reasons that's the case is that the Marvel people like to see an artist not just for the work they do but they want to see how they interact with the community about their work and whether they're open to receiving critique about their work um, because that's part of the process of working in a uh, co corporate environment in a company environment to produce uh, teamwork uh, product is you have to be willing to have other people 
contribute to what you're doing and you have to be willing to seek advice from others. And so they can tell that instantly off of DeviantArt. We had no idea that was going on uh, until we spoke to people who hired uh, for, uh, for Marvel. But I'm going to turn it over to Maddie yeah. and see what she has to contribute on. Yeah, so I actually do know a couple success stories as well on DeviantArt for people who have submitted their artwork and been discovered in various ways. There was an artist who did create just, they collected every single character from a popular animated television show, I believe it was The Simpsons, and one of the creators of the show found it and loved it and talked to him about it, and I believe they actually brought him on to help out with art for the show. There was another situation where there was an artist who was really excited about a movie that had been announced, um, is based on a book that he was a fan of and drew what he thought the monsters in it should look like. And again, they found him and he ended up working on the movie. Um, a popular movie came out, I think it was a year or two ago, Dear, Black, or Dear White People. And the poster for the movie was actually a deviation that someone drew as fan art for the movie after seeing it at a film festival. And they sent it to the creator of the movie, and she just fell in love with it and asked for permission to use it as the poster, and that ended up happening. So it's amazing what just creating fan art of some of your favorite things can do. And while those are some of the bigger success stories, we've even had just celebrities share their favorite pieces of fan art of their characters or from movies that they've worked on on Twitter as well. So there's a big Deadpool piece, I think, that was shared a week or two ago where there's kind of a joking about Ryan Reynolds' history of Green Lantern and that went crazy on the internet because it's just one person made a little photo manipulation, changed some stuff, and now they're known across the web. And so it's really exciting what just being passionate and sharing your art can do for you. Those are great stories. I love it because what's I think it's really, um, DeviantArt is quite unique in that it embodies that whole stack from, you know, that very beginning artist and that first moment when somebody on the internet comments on your work or favorites. Like, these are life-changing moments in kids' lives, like the first time they get recognized in public on the internet, all the way up to these kind of amazing stories of kids making money and getting recognized in a really big way. Um, I think it's very unique. I mean, we've studied a lot of youth online affinity networks, and you know, part of what we found in our initial research was that you know, kids were often doing really amazing things and learning together on the internet, but then it was sort of in like uh, kid land, and there wasn't, there weren't a lot of times, most of the time, there weren't connections to the real grown-up world, um, ways of getting ahead in you know, the formal educational side or career or so on, like a lot of times these kids' interest groups are in their own world and disconnected. And so what I love about DeviantArt is that, well, you have all these examples of kind of commercial success and Josh, the story you shared about a parent recognizing, I mean, that's like the heart of connected learning is like not only are kids geeking out on their interests, but they're getting recognized for it in these real ways by grown-ups and people with power. So that's really amazing. And then I also remember, uh, Josh, you were sharing that a lot of uh, kids are also, a lot of art schools recognize DA portfolios, right, as part of admissions process, which was also really surprising and interesting news to me. Yeah, well, so, I mean, I just happened to be sitting next to the president of a very significant art school with hundreds of, I think actually in the case of this art school, thousands of students. 
Uh, and uh, we were both on, you know, one of these sort of team building things at some seminar kind of thing uh, where we were going to change the world, but the world remained the same afterwards. And um, uh, despite all of our best efforts. And, uh, but, you know, he was a very arty kind of guy and he had the round glasses and, you know, the, you know, uh, purple shirt like me and, you know, uh, and, uh, and, you know, I, he introduced himself as the president of this art school and, and, uh, I introduced myself as this guy from DeviantArt and he said, DeviantArt, I mean, you do know, don't you, that 80% of all of our applicants started on DeviantArt. Uh, and I said, no, I do not know, but <laughs> that's very nice. Wow, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Uh, and it's just sort of actually makes sense when you think about how we filter, you know, visually dominant kids, um, you know, that the, of that group that go into art school, they, many of them will have experienced deviant art. So, um, you know, I think, you know, the importance of the arts uh, in, in particularly the visual arts for myself, uh, you know, it, it's, it is a critical form of expression and skill set. Um, and increasingly, with the way in which the Internet functions, uh, it's a multilingual communication device. Um, so, you know, you can communicate with an image uh, across all levels of language. Um, and we've known that since the beginning of language development. Um, and we're kind of like going all the way back to that because of the connectivity that the internet provides. And, and so, you know, DeviantArt is really in the heart of that. Um, you know, we're really right in the middle of that. Uh, to develop uh, visual expression is right in the middle of that. Um, so, you know, I, you know, it works out well. I think I've lost the train of what your initial question was. <laughs> no, that was... I'm that sort of bullshitting my way through the rest of this. <laughs> no, it was a great... <laughs> You're going to have to bring me back to Earth. Dad, about the, uh, about the uh, you know, our school students. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And, you know, the fact that, you know, the, the real, the real, the formal art world is increasingly recognizing that too, which is also says something. So we're near the top of our hour, and in closing, I wanted to ask both of you to just uh, say a little bit, you know, a shout out to the educators who we're hoping will uh, engage with this challenge, uh, you know, tune into this webinar. Um, you know, what, what would you, what would you like to them to um, get out of this, both the educators and young people, and why uh, did you as uh, DeviantArt's folks want to engage with the education community for this challenge? Well, I, I'm extraordinarily excited to have an opportunity to have educators find a way in which to use the milieu of DeviantArt as part of their teaching practice. So, um, you know, I just think they should. Um, I have no way of convincing them, uh, and this and this particular integration with you know Mimi's help uh, and the other partners that we have, uh, hopefully, is a vehicle for people to think about that. I mean, I would strongly encourage people in classroom settings, library settings, you know, wherever uh, they find themselves with a group of students, to think about uh, submitting to this particular challenge, the Twist Fate Challenge, as a group, which is perfectly fine. Uh, and can be done. 
um, you know, to refine the submissions that people do uh, as a group, uh, which, you know, would be fine. I mean, you know, this isn't like an environment where things like plagiarism and copyright and all that kind of stuff uh, really needs to be a, uh, a big-time uh, concern. This is really playtime. This is active time. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, I'm really looking forward to getting feedback after the challenge uh, uh, from educators about how they were able to uh, integrate an involvement with this. I mean, I think it's, this is an activity that most of their students are engaging in off hours, not on hours in terms of their uh, educational practice. What happens when you sort of out yourself as knowing that this is what you're doing uh, and now we want to participate with you? Um, you know what what happens with the resonance of that of that how do you know how do they feel about it maybe they don't like it maybe they do like it who knows um, uh, we're not in a position at DBNR to find out uh, absent this kind of opportunity so we're we're really excited about it I'm gonna switch over to Maddie so she has an opportunity uh, to uh, give her final thoughts on it yeah, so I think the part that I'm the most excited about is the fact that there are already a lot of 13 to 17 year olds on DeviantArt drawing just for fun, and this is a really great way for educators to combine something that these people are doing that they're really passionate about with schoolwork and with a way to really combine, put it all together into a really fun and educational experience. And I think it's going to be really great for the 13 to 17 year olds who are participating because we do have a lot of contests on our site, and oftentimes it is some of the older um, artists who are the ones who are winning it and so this is a chance where it is guaranteed to be a teenager who's going to be featured in this book and I know that if I was 16 years old and trying to do this and I ended up being featured in a book in libraries across the country I would be just ecstatic about it so I think it's going to be a really exciting project and I'm excited to work on it with you guys. Great. Thanks so much, Maddie and Josh, for a great conversation. So I think this, with this, we'll wrap up this final webinar of the February series on Twist Fate, on the Twist uh, Fate Challenge. But uh, feel free to continue the conversation on the hashtags Connected Learning and Twist Fate. And there will be a full video recording of this webinar available immediately after at connectedlearning.tv. Uh, and then content will be curated. There's resources related to the challenge on the ConnectedLearning.tv site as well. So please share to your networks. Uh, any young people out there who you know would love to be in a book, uh, as Maddie said, in libraries around the country, it's a super exciting opportunity. So, you know, I think for me, just you know, the participation of our National Writing Project partners, our educator innovator partners, and our librarians, youth librarians all the, across the country means that it both validates the kids who are already on, but hopefully brings new kids onto the platform who haven't had the opportunity to figure out how awesome DeviantArt is. So super excited and hope everybody will help spread the word. Uh, so um, again, share on your networks and tune into future webinars as well uh, on the National Writing Project's Educator Innovators site uh, and uh, their email newsletter as well. We encourage you to sign up. So thank you, everybody. Good night. <laughs>